All right, hello. Before I start this week's episode, bit of an announcement. This is the first episode of our January thought, um, thought sort of thought experiment thing we're doing, and to prepare because the location is Pandora, I thought I'd go and see Avatar too. I'm now a bit riled up, so apologies because I may get distracted and speak about Avatar two quite a bit. Spoilers for Avatar two, and you know it's. I'm, I'm trying to have cold opens as well. No, not really a cold open. It sort of relates to what we're doing. Avatar 2 is a crock of shit. Uh, yeah, let's play the titles. Alright, so... Getting back onto what we're doing, we are doing a thought experiment. My lovely partner Ali has given me five prompts to create a story. I'm doing it this week, Jim's doing it next week, Liam's doing it the last week. They're both very excited, they're both brimming with ideas, can't wait to see what they come up with. In case you can't be arsed listening to last week's episode, the because uh, it all sort of bleeds together so it is probably a good idea but anyway I can rattle off just now. The character that we've all been given the prompts, there are five prompts. Character was Dwight Schrute. The location was Pandora. The time period is the current time period. The inciting incident, what starts everything off, is Irish Mick makes an omelette. And then the wild card is that there is also a cat whose sedatives haven't worn off yet. So, to do this, I had ideas. And to do this, I went to go and see avatar the way of water i've been out of the cinema for about 55 minutes now by right so there's several problems with it i think if you want a laugh when you're gonna hear the problem i'm not gonna be the one who's able to give that to you go and listen to the new episode of three bean salad henry packer does a great sort of um clue about what shit in the film but what like so it's it's essentially Avatar again, which is upsetting because, you know, there's so many new ideas that could be coming up with. It's three and a quarter hours long, which is obscene. If it was a good film, it would be fine, but it's absolutely obscene that that film is three and a quarter hours long. Um, What am I trying to say? Like, it's it's just... I get more and more angry the more I think about this fucking thing because it's like it's yeah, the closing credits the song um the song i don't know what the song's called but the closing credits of the song they uh they sing give me strength and that's pretty much exactly how i fucking felt after watching this film give me strength i've spent three hours for no apparent reason just to come to the same conclusion at the end of the first film and the same things that happen in the second film Oh, the villain from the first film comes back. Well, they've just set that up at the end of the second instead of at the end of the first because now they're planning sequels. Should have been kept as that one thing. The only thing that's different is they fucking made it 30 minutes longer. It was already a long film and now they've made it 30 minutes longer. Ends the exact fucking same way of being accepted into a new tribe and they're now, you know, fucking stupid. Sorry, spoilers for Avatar 2. But spoilers for Avatar 2 are from 2009 when the first one came out. 
And you know, like, this is... So, like, that's not even my main problems with the film. I have two main problems with the film. The first one is that it's just James Cameron turning around and going, look how clever I am. Look at this whole clever world. Isn't it brilliant? Isn't it brilliant? No, it's not, James. Not brilliant. And I need directors who have had very successful careers, and I'm not going to name names like Christopher Nolan, but they, they need to stop going I'm gonna be really clever now and fuck you up and I don't think Nolan does it all the time because Dunkirk was brilliant and Oppenheimer looks good but the historic ones look better the sci-fi shit that he's spraffing out the last few years is all entirely idiotic um well no it's not it's just too clever it's trying to be too clever and go look how brilliant I am and that's not what going to a film's about I don't go to a film to think oh how clever is that one bloke who you know, directed it, or that one person who directed it. Felt like Olivia Wilde did it a bit with Don't Worry Darling as well. Look how clever I'm being. I don't care. Let me just enjoy the film. I'd rather not know that there was a director, you know, than be acutely aware that director's sitting behind me, tapping me on the shoulder and going, look, did you get that bit though? Did you get that bit, you know? You know, what the fuck's the point? You don't do that. My second problem with the film is that it's three and a quarter hours long, and I genuinely don't know how. There are there was a bit where I thought, oh, they're about to do an hour of them fucking training to get good in water. That was all done in a montage in about five minutes. There was a catch-up of what happened through the last years right at the start that took about five minutes. You know, they, they wasted... How did they waste characters? They had three and a quarter hours and nothing happened for most of them. They got most of the bits done. You could cut that down to a cool hour easily. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, they, they wasted Edie Falco, like one of the greatest actresses of our time. And they wasted her. But they still managed to do nothing for the better part of three and a quarter hours. I reckon you could, I, I, like 30 minutes probably went to cool establishing shots that we didn't need. By the fifth time we see that the sun eclipses behind the earth, we kind of got it. But, like, what the fuck is... I don't... I actually don't understand how it took so long. I took a Yorkie bar in with me to have a wee snack, and I couldn't save it. It was gone too early, and that was it. It was just sitting there. Didn't even have a Yorkie. Just had one bottle of water, which is not enough for the three weeks that you feel like you're spending in the fucking cinema. So... (laughs) so sorry but I needed to get that off my chest I've been thinking about the entire walk the last 55 minutes is all I've thought about and it's literally at time of recording the film finished an hour ago and I'm furious that I've spent my day in there because by the time if you walk to the cinema and back or get in there you know 45 an hour each way that's five six hours you've lost in your day that's a long time I could have been doing something else. I could have recorded better podcasts in that time. I could have met up with Jim and Liam and we could have done an actual recording session. Anyway, on with the podcast. So I said there are five prompts that we got and we were about to come up with anything and sort of use this podcast to pitch it. Now, I'm going to try and keep my pitch tight because I've already wasted seven minutes and 45 seconds on this shit and I ain't cutting anything out. Um... We also had to come up with a sponsor that was, uh, or find a sponsor that was related to our 
prompts. And luckily for me, I was able to find a fantastic, brilliant new sponsor um, that is local. Um, actually, to both of us, because they, they, they're from Falkirk. Uh, and so Falkirk's in between Glasgow and Edinburgh, where Jim and Liam are in Glasgow, I'm in Edinburgh. And there's a brilliant new startup there. So a lot of you, maybe you're not local. We've got a big listenership in the United States and in Uruguay. A lot of you don't know the cat struggles of Falkirk. Falkirk has a population of roughly, uh, let's say, I don't know the human population, but it's definitely less than the two million cats that are living there at the moment. They've had to do something. Luckily, this brilliant new business owner is coming up today with their new market. This is Chris Tank's Cat Tranks. So, this is Chris Tank, who goes about and he's got a shit ton of cat tranquilizers to tranquilize your cats. He is based entirely in Falkirk at the moment, where there is the big cat problem. Looking to expand, but knows just now that not many cities are actually having the same problems that Falkirk are having. So, what he's actually started doing is tranquilizing 200 cats at a time. Male and female, obviously, for the breeding. And then just letting them go somewhere. Just driving them 20 minutes up the road. I saw, I caught them down at Portobello the other day. So pretty soon, if you live in Edinburgh or Glasgow, or anywhere in the UK maybe, depending on how far Chris Tank gets, um, you can get your cat tranks pre-organized, your cat tranquilizers pre-ordered now. That's Chris Tank's cat tranks. And if you go in and shout tuna boot at the man, tuna boot, you'll get 20% off your first cat tranquilizer and a free warning when he drops a massive bag of cats in your local area. Come on down to Chris Tank's Cat Tranks. (laughs) It's 10 minutes on. Right. Uh, I'm going to try and wrap this in about 15 minutes. I don't think the pitch is going to take too long. I'm going to build it for you now. This is not. This is going to be a stage play. I'm going to be a theatre piece, okay? Very exciting. I'm going to try and create something with all this that takes place primarily in a theatre. Now, in terms of budget, we're talking big money. But that's purely for copyright of all the characters that we need to use. And just, you know, building this this spectacle, the show that we want to do. So it's a stage play and it's loosely based on the cartoon, probably, I think it was Naughty's cartoon, House of Mouse. Where Mickey Mouse and the villains and all that all got together and did like a little cabaret sort of show. While there was always a storyline going on backstage. So that's what I'm going to create, a theatre show that is sort of like, uh, it it's almost like a yeah a musical variety show bit of music bit of all this and that but there's also that story backstage now obviously we know that the starting point for all this is irish mick shooting uh trying to cook an omelet now my character dwight schrute is not it doesn't want an omelet but Irish Mick wouldn't... I should have written more of this down rather than just notes and riffing. <laughs> I hope the other boys have done more work. <laughs> they haven't watched Avatar Way of Water, though, I bet you. So, what I'm imagining is Dwight has 
had to is not wanted um omelets from Irish Mick. And Irish Mick has chased Dwight down the street with his omelet, trying to insist that Dwight has an omelet. Oh you've got to take one of me omelets. Come on, come on. No, no And all this is playing on the screen obviously at the back. Sort of like our opening titles, but you know, a little bit a preamble, a cold open if you will. But not cold, it's gonna be hot because we need it explains why he's there. And then Dwight trips while he's getting chased by Irish mix omelets. He knocks a slightly sedated cat over and both of them tumble up into this pod that is like a cryosleep pod, get loaded into a spaceship, and they're off to Pandora. Oh, no. Irish mix that in there. So Dwight wakes up in Pandora, looks around, he's a bit unsure. The sedated cat's really confused. He ain't got a fucking clue what's going on. He did it already, they're in a different planet. And they're both, like, wandering around this military base... You know, getting little pictures of all the wars that are going on. A lot of this won't... This is just backup sort of stuff that you'll find out through an opening monologue from Dwight as well. Um, and Dwight suddenly realises what's happening, where he is. He's on Pandora. And while he's excited to be on Pandora, there's one thing that he needs. And that, in true keeping with, like, a first sort of five, six seasons of the US office Dwight Schrute is sweet, sweet revenge on Irish Mick. So he needs to get a needs to get a, a, a trip home really to get to uh, Irish Mick. Now what he notices, and Dwight is cunning, he always has been, what he notices is that the uh, Navi, who are the local Pandora people, which I have relearned now since I've had to sit through. That's all I really needed from the sitting through the, the film was remembering what they were called. The Navi and the humans, or the Sky people. Skywalker? I can't remember what they're called. But uh, yeah, they're fighting. They're, they're always fighting. As James Cameron has clearly told us through two films, there is nothing else that can happen in this world than humans fighting nature. So they are fighting the Navi. So they, um, Dwight comes up with a plan. And he thinks, what better way to build people together is to show each other what we can do and create a variety show of Navi and human acts that we can build together. So in good old-fashioned Dwight form, he puts on, he gets together and starts to decide for a put on a variety act. And this is all explained in the opening sort of monologue from Dwight. He's introducing the show. You know, we'll get the bit where he's knocked onto the spaceship and then goes to Pandora, looks outside, sees blue people, sort of figures out where he is. And then we get on there and Dwight comes on and he's chatting all about, you know, you guys should be friends. Come on, what you's doing? Stop it. Let's try and get together. We all have so much we can give each other. Like, you know, you can shoot a bow really well and you can shoot a gun really well. What happens if you can both do different things? But it's not just that. It is about our different acts tonight. Now, if any of you know House of Mouth, 
you'll know that while the acts are going on, we get little snippets backstage. So the staging that we've got is going to be like two levels, basically. And the upper level is going to show our backstage sort of drama going on. Um, <laughs> I forgot I'd written that. So he introduced, so that's, so we're going to see Dwight watching at the end and sort of, you know, trying to make sure things are going on, uh, keep on going. So act one, the first act that Dwight introduces is going to be the Navi uh, shooting gallery. And that's going to be, um, they're going to strap a volunteer to a spinning wheel and all the Navi are going to shoot and miss and then they get more volunteers and it winds up you've got six and for some reason they've only picked humans until Dwight comes down after the fifth human and is like, you need to pick a Navi as well. And they go, oh, fine, right. So then they've got like six different spinning boats and they're all firing. Uh, and it's very impressive, you know, while they're all doing this. No one's getting hurt, which is quite good. One um, one of the naval guys does really try and get into the, you know, behind um, under the skin of one of the Navi. So they do wind up shooting him in the leg, but nothing bad. Dwight isn't too chuffed with that. So when they start to like, you know, back and forth, Dwight realises that this first act isn't going well. After the bloke's been shot in the leg, shot, shoot, shot in the leg, Dwight comes on. He goes, ah, thank you very much, everybody. Get off the stage, get off the stage. Thank you. And now for a song. And Dwight, just to kill some time, uh, sings a song and he'll sing it in German very off sort of our you know the US office when he's singing all in German and it's a bit of fun um yeah so <laughs> I haven't written out these acts very well so that sort of happens um and then he goes and now we've got uh, a little a little skip for you a little sketch and what's going to happen now is you're going to have some of the humans trying to do a sketch from the US office that Dwight has written. So this is going to be something like, you know, Jim's trying to play a prank on Dwight, but Dwight then obviously understands everything that's happened straight away and destroys them all or something like that. And there's going to be a few skits like that with all the humans sort of going, that isn't what actually happened though, is it? You know, and a little bit of a laugh with that. Um, we'll have Dwight getting more and more frustrated when they're not getting his essence quite right. Getting quite into it. Have a bit of fun. This is, we're still early days. We're having a bit of fun. And then backstage, Dwight will be giving notes before he comes out and says the next one to each actor that comes off and they'll all be doing an incredibly useless job. Um, then yeah, Act 3 comes on and it is actually uh, the the chef of the chef of the humans and a navi chef and they're both going to create an omelette which surprises dwight he didn't know it was omelettes that they had agreed to do so throughout it he gets more and more annoyed more and more perturbed and as they're finishing creating their omelette he sort of you know he th they, they i mean the navi and the human are both obviously quite um quite competitive anyway but Dwight gets really pissed off at the end and I haven't quite figured out what he's gonna do but I imagine it involves throwing an omelette at a sedated cat <laughs> or throwing the omelettes off stage so on one end of the stage you'll see the omelettes getting flung and then you'll see them flying past the top level 
and the slightly sedated cat, who's obviously been there the whole time, is very late in trying to catch one of the omelets, which is a good, a good wee laugh for us all. <laughs> so Dwight is, uh, you know, not it's not going great, and he needs something to bring it back, and he needs something really quite, you know, that could bring people together. These things have that they've done so far have sort of more shown the differences than the togetherness. So he brings on the uh, Avatar Whale Orchestra, which is the whales from uh, Avatar 2, who one of them is a composer in Avatar 2. So they come out and they play their music. And it's it's haunting because it's whales, but it's kind of... There's kind of some sort of beauty there. There has to be some beauty. Maybe the water nabi come out and they start to... Or the Muku Lake, right? Whatever their uh, family is called, the water people. They come out and there's some sort of... Something becomes quite beautiful. And maybe some of the humans come and join in as well. That we're more friendly to the Navi and we start to see this togetherness. And I think that changes something in Dwight. Because he, he doesn't interrupt. The whole thing's been a farce up until this point. And I think he at this point he's... Well, almost visibly upset, really, I think. And I think it's um, a really touching moment where he sort of thinks that maybe this is all for the right reason and maybe getting revenge on Irish Mick isn't the only reason he wants to go home. So there's this true sort of story starts to come through and I think Dwight comes on and sort of starts to speak more about this togetherness and you can't create while destroying you know you need to create that appreciation and that love for each other to then really be able to build on it and create a community start being viable start farming the land start being able to work together because I think at Dwight's heart, although he's always hidden it beneath this sort of slightly maniacal character, he's a good business and he understand he's a good businessman and he understands the need for for communication and for openness in business relationships to really help something thrive. So I really think that comes through in that moment. And then he says, Thank you very much for coming. You know, I've got one more act for you. Would you like to see it? Everyone goes yeah and the sedated cat slumbers onto stage a ball a very small ball rolls towards the cat the cat looks gets ready must be a hell of a fucking sedative this cat had and it rolls past the cat and three to four seconds later the cat tries to pounce on the ball. This sedated cat, a little sub, is uh, in reference to a video I found on Instagram the other day where that exact thing happened. And I watched it maybe 40 times in a row, laughing. It's hilarious. So <laughs> that's the last. And I want that to be the thing. The Navi and the humans all start laughing, they're all laughing together. And Dwight's sort of looking at the side and he's not laughing. 
He's the only one not laughing. But there's something, really, that's clicked for him. Because what would a cat remind Dwight of? Cat reminds Dwight of Angela, which is the reason he wants to go home. So, the Navi and the human, two guys come up onto the stage, thank Dwight for his time, and let him go home and say, you're more than welcome. Here, we'll get you a ship, get you the cryopod, and you can be on the next flight out. And then the last shot on this stage, so as we started it with a sort of like, you know, explainer of how Dwight got there, we're going to end with a video transmission. And it's Dwight sending a transmission back to Angela, saying sorry he's been away, but he'll be back soon. And that he loves her. And it's a really convoluted way to tell, add a bit more to the love story of Dwight and Angela. And that's my pitch. That's it. I think it's going to be a live show because I think it'll be funny and the reaction. And you can sort of bring the audience in and put them to the Navi side or the human side. And they can sort of pretend that they're ones. And, you know, you've got actors dressed in blue and all that. But, yeah. Big budget stuff, so it'll be fine. That's it. That's what I've came up with. I don't think the boys are going to come up with something similar. I'll be fucking very surprised if they do. But I'm really excited to see what they've come up with. And then to sit together and sort of discuss what we all did. And, you know, the things that we all came up with at the end. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to end this because it's been long. And I did spend the first eight minutes ranting about... A film that hopefully very well of you have to see. Looking ahead, we've got Jim's solo, then we've got uh, Liam's solo, and then we're going to come together to discuss it, and then we're going to move forward together. Maybe come back with some more solo challenges like this before we move on to the rest of the season. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for keeping with us for six seasons, if you have. That's mental. That's hundreds of episodes, quite literally. So, well done, thank you, and yeah, see you next week. Thank you so much, have a good one. Skoosh, skoosh, baloosh. Chinaboo. Skoosh, skoosh, baloosh, motherfuckers.